0: Welcome to The Workman's Table, a podcast all about learning and understanding Biblical truths with the Great Shepherd's guidance. Here's your host, Eric Carpenter. Hello and welcome once again to another edition of The Workman's Table podcast. As always, I hope this uh, edition of The Workman's Table uh, finds you well and that uh, you are continuing to learn and grow in His grace and mercy, and that you are studying His Word and learning uh, more and more as time goes by, and uh, you're allowing Yah to lead you by His Holy Spirit to uh, His truth and His ways of righteousness and mercy. So before I continue, i like to provide the email address for this podcast. It is Table at gmail.com. Uh, feel free to send an email to that uh, email address and uh, a future uh, episode may feature one of your comments uh, or questions or topics that you'd like to discuss. So feel free, send an email that way to theworkmisttable at gmail.com. The topic for this podcast episode is uh, probably considered very controversial, maybe even the most controversial in Scripture. Um, Because it deals with, uh, can one remarry after divorce? And so what we want to do is take a look at what the scriptures say, and that should eliminate any um, gray area. It should eliminate any confusion. Uh, It should provide definitive answers. And we're going to find definitive answers, especially when Yahusha speaks, uh, himself uh, regarding the topic of uh, divorce and remarriage. So, what we're going to do is we're going to start off in uh, Matthew chapter 5, and we're going to read verse 31 and 32 in Matthew chapter 5, and it says, Furthermore, it has been said, Whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that whoever divorces his wife for any reason except sexual immorality, causes her to commit adultery, and whoever marries a woman who is divorced commits adultery. Uh, that word sexual immorality, um, apparently the word that's used there is the word pornea in Greek, uh, which is, uh, means fornication. And I'm going to pull up an article um, from logosapostolic.org. It's um, biblical examples of um, fornication. And uh, we're going to look at uh, fornication during a betrothal. And some uh, kind of reference this passage that Yahushua uses here, except for sexual immorality. Uh, they believe that he was referring to a betrothal period. Um, so I want to read this, this article here on this website. Um they do quote Matthew 1, 18-19. Now, the birth of Yahushua Hamashiach was in this way, when as his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being righteous and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. Note, several biblical passages refer to the negotiations or conditions for the arranging of a marriage. Uh, there's... Genesis twenty four one through sixty seven Exodus twenty one seven through nine Exodus twenty two sixteen through seventeen Deuteronomy twenty two which verses twenty three through twenty seven and Judges fourteen two through seven which were often conducted by members of the two families involved or their or their deputies and sometimes required by the consent of the prospective bride or even the groom himself when the agreement had been entered into or uh, okay so and sometimes required the consent of the prospective bride Genesis 24, 8, or even the groom himself 2nd Samuel 3:14 so I wanted to add those verses in there for reference when the agreement had been entered into it was def- it was definite and binding upon both groom and bride who were considered as man and wife in all legal aspects except that of actually living to- except that of actual living together unless some indiscretion occurred before actual marriage ceremony the actual marriage ceremony this betrothal was the relationship between Elohim and Israel as a nation in Hosea 2, 19-20 and Jeremiah 3, 20. In the New Testament, a betrothal is the relationship between Yahushua Hamashiach and the church. Now, if you read Hosea 2, 19-20, it says, I will betroth you to me forever. Yes, I will betroth you to me in righteousness and justice in loving kindness and mercy, I will betroth you to me in faithfulness. And you shall know, Yahuwah. So that's Hosea 2, 19 through 20 um, that this uh, article was referencing. And if you read it, um, 2 Corinthians 11, 2, For I am jealous over you with a, a righteous jealousy, for I have betrothed you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Hamashiach. A high priest could only take a virgin for a wife, that's in Leviticus 21, 10 through 14. So Yahushua will only accept a pure church, Ephesians 5, 25 through 27. The penalty for unfaithfulness during betrothal was death. That's in Deuteronomy 22, 23 through 24. And the penalty if not found a virgin on the wedding night could be death, Deuteronomy 22, 13 through 21. But in the case of a righteous man, he could have mercy and put her away, as, as Joseph proposed to do with Mary when he realized that she was pregnant. In this case, it seems he would give her a writing of divorce so that she wouldn't be free to marry someone else. Deuteronomy 24.1 Our modern Western society does not have betrothals before marriage, but the nearest we can come up, come to it is an engagement. We could conclude, then, that to put an engaged bride away for fornication during the engagement would be acceptable. So that's just that article I'm referencing there. Um from uh, logosapostolic.org. Um, so, when you take a look at Matthew 5, uh, 31 through 32, um, that portion there where he says, if, if whoever divorces his wife for any reason except for sexual immorality, some believe that, that Yehusha was pointing towards a betrothal period. It would be the only time you could uh, divorce your wife uh, for that reason. So I encourage you to take a a deeper dive in that um, and look into that um, and and study that out and see, you know, for yourself uh, what historical context there is with what Yahusha said. So if we go to uh, Mark chapter 10 and uh, we're going to read some passages there, verses 1 through 12, and it says, Then he arose from there and came to the region of Judea by the other side of the Jordan. And multitudes gathered to him again, and as he was accustomed, he taught them again. The Pharisees came and asked him, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife, testing him? And he answered and said to them, What did Moses command you? They said Moses permitted a man to write a certificate of divorce and to dismiss her. And Yahushua answered and said to them, Because of the hardness of your heart, he wrote you this precept. But from the beginning of creation, Elohim made them male and female. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So then they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what Elohim has joined together, let not man separate. In the house, his disciples also asked him again about the same matter. So he said to them, whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her. And if a woman divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. That's pretty plain. Uh, When he says whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her, and if a woman divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery, I don't know how much more more plain you can be. Um, Quite apparent that it's wrong, and you commit adultery if you get divorced and marry another uh, woman if you're a man, and if, if you're a woman, you marry a man or whatever. So, pretty plain. There's really no argument here. There's nothing to debate. Um, You know, we can't sit here and say, well, you know, he did this or she did that and this and that and the other thing. No. There's no grounds. You know, the thing is, I think, and we're going to read this in in Romans 7, uh, the whole idea is really reconciliation, forgiveness. Um, But, you know, unfortunately... We often do not want to do that. Uh, it, it takes work, and it requires some sacrifice on our part. And forgiveness uh, is not a light task. It's it, it requires commitment and a follow-through, and it's only by the grace of Yah that you can do it. So, uh, because he's the one that forgave us, and while we were yet sinners, Yahusha died for us. So he... he He provides the example of what it means to forgive. So, uh, Luke 16, uh, verse 18, Yahushua says it again. Whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery, and whoever marries her who is divorced from her husband commits adultery. Pretty plain. Nothing, no ambiguity, no cloudiness, no gray area. It's black and white, right and wrong, good and evil. He he separates it. Whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery. That's evil. So you stay married, you know, and work it out. But if you get divorced, you can't marry because Paul brings this up. Let's go to Romans chapter 7. Romans chapter 7, 1 through 4. Or do you not know, brethren, for I speak to those who know the law, that the law has dominion over a man as long as he lives? For the woman who has a husband is bound by the law to her husband as long as he lives. But if the husband dies, she is released from the law of her husband. So then if while her husband lives, she marries another man, she will be called an adulteress. But if her husband dies, she is free from that law, so that she is no adulteress, though she has married another man. Therefore, my brethren, you also have become dead to the law through the body of Hamashiach, that you may be married to another, to him who was raised from the dead, that we should bear fruit to Elohim. Okay. So the marriage is 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 binding. It's a law. Okay? So neither the husband nor the wife is freed from that law of marriage unless the other one dies. One has to die to be freed from the law of marriage. And if we get married before that law is is fulfilled through death, then we commit sin. Again, pretty self-explanatory and pretty simple to understand. 1 Corinthians 7, and we go read 10 through 16. Now to the married I command you, Let not I, but Yahuwah. A wife is not to depart from her husband, but even if she does depart, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband. And a husband is not to divorce his wife. But to the rest I not you who say if any brother has a wife who does not believe and she is wanting to live with him let her not let him not divorce her and if a woman who has a husband who does not believe if he is willing to live with her let her not divorce him for the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband otherwise your children would be unclean but now they are holy but if the unbeliever departs let him depart a brother or his sister is not under bondage in such cases But Elohim has called us to peace. For how do you know, O wife, whether you will save your husband? Or how do you know, O husband, whether you will save your wife? So that's the essence of these verses. It's it's quite plain. Marriage is to be binding and, and to remain until death. Okay, And that's the only time either the husband or the wife is freed from that law of marriage is through death. And if one gets remarried after they've divorced their husband or the wife, they are in, adul- uh, they are in adultery. And unless they repent, they perish. Wages of sin is death, as it says in Scripture. I know that some of you may be listening, and it it probably isn't sitting well with you. Um, however, you can't be upset with me. You have to... Allow the Father and and His Son and the power of of the Holy Spirit, their Holy Spirit, to convict you and know that the goodness of Yah, as it says in Romans, leads you to repentance. Okay? So, can't be upset at me. I'm just the messenger. I'm just telling you what the Word says. And Yahushua made it really explicit. Okay? Okay? You know, it, whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery, and whoever marries her who is divorced from her husband commits adultery. Either one. Both are held accountable. It's not just one or the other. Because, you know, some may say, well, the, you know, the Bible is always slanted, you know, towards, you know, the woman, the man has all the power, so to speak, or it's, it's always slanted towards the man, or, uh, you know, it's biased towards the man or whatever. No, it's not. You gotta understand. Um I, when I say it's not, I'm saying in this situation, okay, both the man and the woman are held to an equal standard. And men and women are held to an equal standard throughout scripture. It's just that the the that the um the dominion that man has, or the authority that man has, I should say, in Scripture, has been granted by Yah. And, of course, if you go all the way back to Genesis chapter 3, after Adam and Eve had committed sin by touching and eating of the, fr- of the, of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you know, they, the man now ruled over the wife. And Yahweh told the woman, Your desire shall be for your husband. Okay? If they would left that fruit tree alone... Then that situation would not have taken place, because, as it says in Deuteronomy 30, 19, Yahuwah said, "Today I've set before you life and death, blessings and cursings. Therefore choose life." He gave them that same. He set before them that same choice in the Garden of Eden: life, tree of life, or death. If they touch the innate of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, so. It's what Yahuwah set up, okay? Mankind, men did not set themselves up to be in charge. Yahuwah did, okay? So again, if there's any women that are listening, you have to take it up with the Father. Don't take it up with the man. Now, that doesn't give men the right to abuse their uh, position of authority. And there's scriptures, we could even do a whole podcast how the husbands are supposed to be gentle to the wife, Uh, to uh, prefer them as the weaker vessel and dwell with them with understanding so that their prayers are not hindered. And I think that's mentioned in the book of Peter. So, and and there's there's other scriptures of how we're supposed to treat our wives. It gives us no license to abuse our position of authority because the husband, who may be ahead of the home, is under the authority of Yahushua. Okay? So, that's what needs to be recognized. Is not the man is under authority as well, and if he's being obedient to the father and the son, then there's harmony in the home, and then it makes it easier for the woman to be submissive, and subservient, and obey her husband as the scripture commands. Again, those are some those are some things that it doesn't resonate well with Western culture, Western thought and women's rights, and feminism, and everything else that's tugging at people's hearts, okay? But we have the word of Yah, and none of us are going to have an excuse when we are going to be appearing before him on the day of judgment. He set things in motion. He's the king. He's the ruler. He set up the boundaries. He implemented the law. He implemented the commandments, and if he says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And he has instructions in here as to how we're going to conduct ourselves. And so the main uh, topic of today was, can you or can one get remarried after divorce? And the answer is most specifically and explicitly, no. It's that simple. And if you do, you commit adultery. It can't be any more plain than that. So I just encourage you to take a look at these scriptures, study them and share them with others you know and pray about uh, pray with others that may not realize or may have overlooked or their eyes are blinded to the fact that these scriptures tell them that if they have gotten divorced and then remarried they are committing adultery and living in sin and that they need to repent and if they don't repent like we all if none of us repent or any of us if any of us do not repent We've faced the consequence of death. We deserve it too if we don't repent of sin. So anyways I, again, I encourage you to look at these verses and, and study them out and uh, apply them to your life and again, study until uh, study to show thyself approved. <laughs> Thanks for joining us today for this episode of The Workman's Table.